In this episode, we will be talking about sexual abuse. Listener discretion is advised. And we are live recording. Welcome to MRP. As always, I'm Daniel. And I am Jose. On today's episode, we have a very dear friend of ours, Haiti. Um, we've known her probably, what, 17 years, the majority of our Something lives. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our, our friendship is like a 17-year-old teenager, angsty little teenager now. <laughs> <laughs> um, they say when you know somebody, you just like develop their own life. That that relationship becomes its own life. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Haiti, uh, how are you? Tell us about yourself. Well, um, I'm Haiti Luviano, soon to be Barona. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm 25 years old. I currently live in Lawrenceville, Georgia, which is near Atlanta. I've been living in Georgia and the U.S. since I was three years old, so I've been here almost my whole life. Um, I have three sisters. Younger, I'm the oldest. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much me. Okay, nice. Nice, yeah. Yeah, I've been here since I was four, so... Um, yeah, I can relate to that. We've actually known each other since we were like, what, seven? I think we met. Yeah, I think you were seven. I yeah. was eight. I think Jose too. He was. Yeah, he yeah, was I was like eight. eight yeah, yeah, because yeah, I too have been time. here since I was three. Aww, yeah. that's cute. Oh, y'all just had to one up me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is how me and Haiti are going to introduce ourselves. Yeah, three gang. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the reason for Haiti being here today, we're going to be talking uh, about the importance of reporting abuse. Uh, and now Haiti's experienced some some abuse in her life, um, and it, we're gonna go right into that. So, um, what was the nature of the abuse um, that you experienced, Haiti? Well, so there's been actually I've been sexually abused by three different people in my life. Uh, the first time was when I was four uh, by my grandfather. Um, second time was by a guy we were living with at the time. That was when I was eight. And then the last one, I guess the more, the one that's affected me the most in my life Mm -hmm. was when I was 16 uh, with my biological father. So um, it's been a crazy ride, but um, definitely has taught me a lot. And it's definitely, you know, affected who I am today and made me who I am. Right, right. You you decided not to let that um, really get you down. Exactly, and yeah. I think that a lot of people that have been sexually abused, they, one of the major things is they don't like to talk about it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things mm-hmm. that I want to talk about today is that it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to um like we're saying today it's to report it right which is very very important now each each of those times um did you did you actually report them did you actually tell somebody like no so i've had a little bit of each so the first time when i was four we had so a little bit of backstory we were living in Mexico and my dad had never met his biological father. And uh-huh. then when he was like around almost 21, I want to say, he met his biological father and he had just become a U.S. resident. 
So he's like, hey, why don't you come to the U.S. and we'll help you guys get your residency after I get my citizenship and, you know, we'll get everybody over here to the U.S. So we came over and so we were just starting. We were basically the first ones in our family to start here in the U.S. And he, uh, my grandfather lived with us at that time. So um, one morning we, I woke up because I had a little sister and my mom, she's like, hey, stay in the room. I'm going to go to the restroom. You stay here with your sister. Please do not go to your grandfather's room. So me being a four-year-old, innocent, you know, not mm-hmm. thinking anything bad's going to happen if I go wake up my grandfather. Um, I take my little sister and we go and we start playing in his room. And my mom walks in on him sexually abusing me. My mom, I come to find out almost maybe 14 years later, my mom had actually been raped by him not too long before, which was why he had she had said, don't go to his room. But obviously I didn't know that. So, um, this, this situation kind of molded the next abuse because uh-huh. the thing is like where we come from, at least in my family, we don't talk about those things. Yeah. We don't you, you talk don't. about rape. We don't talk about sexual abuse. Everything's hush it, hush. It's almost seemed like shameful or like. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I think most people are scared of being blamed. Mm-hmm. So you know we we didn't talk about that and then my dad didn't know at the time either what had happened between uh, my grandfather and her so she's that day after that happened with my grandfather i remember my dad got home and my mom told him about it and the worst thing about it was like i guess they didn't know how to handle the situation so they hit me oh man yeah they hit me because well for the reason the reason my dad gave me was for not obeying my mom okay yeah yeah so i think he was kind of torn because he had just met his biological father right and and now he had to you know let him go so um he made my grandfather leave we obviously didn't report it Mm -hmm. and um so then when the next abuse happened when i was eight i didn't tell my parents because i was scared that they were gonna hit me so yeah. that definitely affected me a lot in that situation. So that kind of teaches us, I'm not a parent yet, but I think that when I do become a parent, it's very important to know how to take control in that situation and definitely mm-hmm. know what to do. And definitely don't hit your children because it's not their fault. Right. It's like, that, that's so sad to hear that. I'm so sorry to hear that. It's just, you, you, can, you feel like you can trust certain people because of certain relationships whether it's family or a long time friendship um but that just goes to show you have to be really really careful um and, and it's like expect the worst or hope for the best but expect the worst i guess in See, a sense. yeah 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 i totally agree and like one thing that i've heard from like several people that um you know like i've watched several videos online about this kind of stuff and um, one thing, one reoccurring thing that people say is that usually when you get assaulted like that, it's like 99% of the time going to be somebody that you know, which yeah. is like the crazy part. Cause you know, you right, expect yeah. that from someone that, you know, especially someone that you know and trust or a family member that you know and trust, you know? Yeah. Six of eight sexual abuses actually happen in the victim's home or at a friend's house or a, rel- a relative's per- uh, like home. And it's crazy. Like you're saying, you know, it's 
almost always someone that you know and trust which is really sad and i think is also what makes it harder for people to report Uh the abuse because they don't want to you know tell on your uncle you don't want to tell on your on your brother your cousin whoever it is that's Mm -hmm. hurting you so it's really hard to handle that situation especially when it's family yeah oh definitely now and in, in each of those instances, how does how did that affect you emotionally? I mean, that's such a young age and, and progressing as, as you get older. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when I was four, it didn't really affect me because I didn't know. I didn't right. come to realize that that was a bad thing until uh-huh. it happened the second time when I was a little older. And I was I still didn't understand what was going on. But um I figured it was bad. I When I started figuring out that it was bad, it was when the guy, when I was eight, um, he would tell me, don't tell your parents, don't tell your friends. And uh-huh. um, one time it almost slipped out with a friend and that friend told someone else. And then it came back to him and he got really mad. And he was like, if you ever say anything or blah, blah, you know, this and that will happen and so that's when i started thinking okay i don't think this is what what's going on is good um but it didn't really affect me emotionally until the last situation which was with my biological father especially because we were so close Mm -hmm. you know you you obviously i grew up with him and we were very close he was always a good father and it's crazy how you you're so close to that person you don't see those changes until it just out of nowhere he just snapped right i honestly don't know what happened and so when it finally did it really broke me it broke me so hard and it was like someone who has always tried to defend you now is a person attacking you so it was really really hard on me emotionally and it was even harder because it broke up the family. Right. So it was, uh, you know, having... It didn't just affect you. It also exactly, affected your siblings. Yep. And, yeah. It yeah. definitely affected my siblings, um, especially them, because... And they didn't just know what was going on. They didn't come to find out in just a few months ago about what had happened. And so, you know, just them innocently thinking, well, our family broke apart just because our parents had problems. But it definitely hurt me seeing them hurt for the family being broken because of decisions he made no definitely i mean i'm sorry you said they just found out recently yeah like i mean they knew that something had happened sexually um Mm -hmm. but they didn't know exactly what happened but i did go into detail with them a few months ago and let them know what had actually happened and so it really it really broke them because Especially my sister that's, well, the next one uh-huh. under me, uh-huh. uh, her name is Claudia, and she she's really, she got really affected because she's the only biological mm-hmm. sister that I have from him, so, mm-hmm. from my dad, so he's, you know, she was definitely the most affected out of all right. three of them. No, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's not an easy relationship to break, wow. especially if you're that close. Yeah. And that's that just oh my god that's crazy though because it, to me it's like <clears throat> there's such a stigma behind it that you can't really talk about it even even then it's like well I I, I grew up where 
they they did kind of tell me it's like hey don't you know don't hang around you know people you don't know don't do this if anybody touches you you know you let me know this this and that yeah it's kind so, of my mom was like also. like I, I i just don't know if that's something that didn't happen a lot in your family or even then like i don't know if we should even go that far with <laughs> kids sometimes but i think it's important and it's honestly after everything that happened i think it shouldn't matter how old these kids are. You should mm-hmm. be teaching them from the moment they start understanding. Nobody should be touching you. Nobody should be telling mm-hmm. you any kind of stuff that shouldn't you know, be said to you. Right, and right. in my home, I think the problem was my mom, she comes from you know, a ranch far away in the country and they really don't talk about these things. They don't even talk about their periods. They don't talk about how to take care of yourself to oh, not get okay. pregnant. So wow. with my mom, we were never, we never had that emotional connection. Right. Never until after what happened with my dad did we finally develop this friendship. Um, but I never remember my mom like saying, oh, I love you or, you know, hugging me growing up or teaching me how to do this and that, mm-hmm. um, telling me right from wrong. So it was, I think that was a lot, a lot of that played in to that as well. Yeah, no, I mean, she she probably just, that's the most she knew, and that's the best she could exactly, do. Exactly, yeah. Um, so you can't really blame her on that aspect. Right, right. So in in the process of, like, reporting, like, did you report your dad? Like, what was the first step in that? Like, how, how did that turn out? So with my dad, the abuse went on for two years. Um... But the first time was when I was 16. My mom had gone on a trip to New Mexico and she had like two days till she came back on from the trip. And so it was this, I remember it was a school night. And usually when my mom was out of town, my dad always came into my room and he slept next to me, but he never touched me until that day when I was 16. Uh, when my mom wasn't home, he came in, and so I figured, you know, he's just gonna lay there like he usually does, but this time, you know, he did a lot more than that. So the next morning when I woke up, uh, I got ready for school, and I was really confused, and the, my boyfriend at the time, he lived in my neighborhood, so he would pick me up, you know, from the house, and we would walk to the neighborhood, uh, and, you know, to the bus stop together. So I told him and I was like, um, so something really weird happened last night with my dad. And he kind of laughed and he was like, what, you think your dad wants to F you? And so in my head, that was like, that sounds really ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, mm, my dad wouldn't do that. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna ignore it. So I went to school and i was debating in my head the whole day do i tell my mom do i not tell her but by the end of the day i was so worn out i was so Uh tired of thinking so when she called me to check up on us uh she's like hey how are you guys as soon as i heard her voice i started crying and i was like i don't want to be here and she says and it's so funny because that's the first thing she thought she says did your dad hurt you and I was like, yes. And so she obviously, I think her maternal instincts just kicked in and she was livid. And she's like, I'm going to, you know, call your aunt and your uncle. They're going to pick you up and I'm going to take care of this. So I was like, okay, 
So we went and we slept over at my aunt and uncle's house. My mom was home by the next day and my dad was gone. I didn't see my dad for a few days, um, but then he started coming back to see the girls. And um, one of the hardest things I think was that he obviously wouldn't come into the house, but he would be outside with my sisters and my mom. And I would see them laughing and having all this fun. And I would literally be from the window looking out oh, and seeing this. And it That's broke so me. Yes. And I was like, I am the one keeping my family from being together. So it really hurt me. Um, about two weeks after that incident, uh, it was a few days before Thanksgiving. I get a call from my dad and he's crying and he says he's sorry and knowing how my family was feeling at the time, I, I was like, I, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, if this is what my family wants, I'm not going to stop them from, from, you know, being together. So, you know, they, he, he came on Thanksgiving and it's so funny, but we took pictures. Like I have so many pictures from that day and it just, I, like whenever it was I, nothing yes, almost, exactly. We ignored the fact completely mm-hmm. and could you have though you think or is it just too too hard or too weird to just i tried to ignore it and i I think i could have done it for the sake of my family Mm -hmm. but obviously i was never comfortable around him again right right um yeah and so i have pictures with him that day and i always look at them and i and i laugh because it's like so much like it was a huge smile from both of us but i was dying inside and I was just like, dang, these pictures are so fake. And that's sometimes when we see families and stuff, that's what I think. Like, there's so much going on in the background that right. we don't know. But um, anyway, my dad eventually moved back into the house. And it started happening again and again. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, I told my mom the first time. And it was okay for him to come back. So why would I tell her again right. if nothing's going to happen? Um, so wait, I'm I'm curious now. When your mom said take care of it, like what exactly did she or did I guess she just meant she was gonna kick him out. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, and but I guess you know. Okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it wasn't enough. (laughs) Right. But um, like she didn't really want to press charges at the time just because it was right. Yeah, I don't think she really knew what she Mm -hmm. really had to do. So, you know, um, but I had enough. And the, the last time was um, I almost had proof for it. I was like, if I get proof for myself, I don't need my mom. Mm-hmm. I don't need anyone to tell me and, and, you know, stop any, you know, me from going on with this process. So I was like, um, so my dad had ejaculated on my pants. So I went to the bathroom and I locked myself in the bathroom and I cried and I cried and I just until I couldn't anymore and I had to go pick up my sister from the bus stop so obviously I had to change so I took up the pants and I was like okay I'll be right back I'm gonna grab these pants and I'm going you know just uh-huh. keep them as evidence well I go to pick up my sister at the bus stop and I'm like I'm gonna at least take a picture of these pants so I get back home and I can't find these pants Oh, no. The only piece of evidence I had, and I could not find them. Did you take a picture, though, you said? No, oh, I didn't okay. get to. So I start looking for them like crazy, and then I hear the washer going. 
my dad had already put them in the washer. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah, so that day I was so pissed because I was just like, I don't even know what to do anymore. So um, that I guess my mom that day when she got home from work, she realized that I was really being, uh-huh. you know, I, I, yeah. And so she's like, uh, we were in the living room and she's like, um, I'm going to go to Walmart. She's like, hey, do you want to come with me? And I was like, sure. So I went with her and she parks super far away from Walmart and she says, what's going on? And I was like, oh, nothing. And she's like, um, did your dad do something to you again? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, but it's okay. It doesn't matter. And she's like, what? It does matter. So she asked me what happened and I explained and uh, she she kicked him out this time. It was final. Um, after that, I started seeing a therapist and thanks to that therapist. And this is why th- therapy is so important. It's uh-huh. because they give you that extra push and that extra emotional need that you that you so crave for and she really you know explained the process she's like when you are ready you do this and you're gonna do that and we're gonna do it together and everything's gonna be fine so i started seeing the therapist for a few months um and during this whole time my parents are going through a divorce Um, I hadn't decided to report the abuse just yet because it was so hard to just talk about it. I remember the first day I went to therapy, I literally just cried. I didn't talk at all. And she just, she literally just looked at me the whole time and she waited for me to speak, but the hour went by and nothing happened. I just cried. Oh, wow. (laughs) But that's how hard it is, you know, to talk about it. So I was like, if if I'm not even ready to talk to her, how am I going to report this Right. right to someone that, I don't even know to a cop, you know? So anyway, a couple of months went by after therapy and I told Daniel this, but I received a call from a detective um, randomly one day and he says, hey, uh, I have a few questions about your dad. Um, I wanted to see if after the holiday we can meet up and we can talk about it. So I was like, yeah, sure. And I was really excited because I was like, wow, somebody actually cares about what's going on in my home. I don't know how he found out. I had never talked to anybody about this, only my therapist and my family. So um, he never really called me back and I couldn't find his number. I had no way of contacting him. So I told my therapist and she's like, well, why don't you just go to, you know, the police department and see if they can help you out there. And I went and this is where it gets kind of ugly because it's when the police get get involved. So it's definitely not easy. Now, wait, this this detective, did he give you a name? He did. But honestly, I think in the whole moment of I was nervous, I was excited at the time. I didn't hear it, mm. and did, I just did don't he speak know what happened. English? Yeah, yeah, he he did. Okay, that's strange. That's like I, I almost like I don't want to, I don't want to go there. But it's like I don't know if that's something to do with your dad, but I don't know. Um, like I said, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go that far. Like you know, your dad had somebody. I, call, but he seemed pretty, pretty legit. To okay. be honest, I think 
and I don't want to sound so cheesy or whatever, but that was the thing that gave me that push. Right. Okay. So I feel like I don't want to say that it was some kind of angel or something, but it was, (laughs) you know, something that because like i said nobody knew about the abuse yeah. and so i was just like they came out of nowhere God sent, yeah mm-hmm, exactly okay. well i thought i thought it was a bad thing never mind <laughs> <laughs> no. no i mean i hope not i don't know <laughs> yeah well it definitely turned out to be a good thing oh yeah definitely yeah. and so from there what um did you actually end up going to the police department after that or? yes so i went to the uh Lawrenceville station and I go up to the front office and there's this cop there on the front desk and I tell him hey I, I got this call from this detective and I was wondering if you, maybe you can help me find some information on him um, I was like I really don't have anything but maybe if he was investigating something my name is under something a case I don't know so he looks in the computer and he's like um, no there's nothing here and he starts kind of getting a little agitated he doesn't want to help and so he ends up saying um something along the lines of um you're lying about what Uh happened so i felt really bad and i was just like okay well then i guess you're lying about the abuse or the no lying about someone calling me yeah so i was like okay so i got a little upset and i got out of the i went outside and I call my therapist and I'm like, hey, they can't find anything in the system. What do I do? And she's like, well, if you want to continue this, you need to call 911. Make sure you tell them that it's not an emergency uh-huh. and that you want to report abuse. So, or you want to file a report. And so I call 911. The operator was really nice. She's like, yeah, I'm going to send someone to you. She was a little confused because she's like, are you at the police station? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay. So <laughs> she's like, I guess I'll send a cop there and... So anyway, a cop comes and the cop that was sitting in the front desk sees him get there and he Uh comes out almost running. Okay. And he meets up with the cop and he talks to him for a few seconds. And then in that, that cop that got there, he gave me an attitude. Like Uh he was annoyed. Right, right. And uh, he pulls out his little notepad there in the middle of the sidewalk. He doesn't even ask me if maybe I want to go somewhere more private or anything. Uh Uh-huh. In the middle of the sidewalk, he's just like, okay, what happened? And so, obviously, it's not easy to talk about it. And I started crying. And he's like, if you can't tell me what happened, I can't help you. Oh, my God. So, I was, I looked at him and I was like, you know what? Never mind. So, I ran to the car and my mom comes in after me and she's like, it's okay. Uh, we can try again another day and this and that. I was so upset. I think that was one of the worst days. Um, out of all the bad days, that one was definitely one of the worst because it's like I finally had the courage to speak out and to report this and nobody wants to, no one seems to want to listen. So I call my therapist after crying for like two hours. Uh, my mom cried with me. Um, and the therapist is like, you know what? I'm going to come into the office. You can meet me there. I'll do the report with you. So we, I get to her office and I call 911 again, tell them the same thing, not an emergency, just need to file a report. They send another cop. Now, this cop was definitely nicer. I don't know if it was because my therapist was there or what was going on, but 
thank God he was nicer and he definitely didn't make me feel uncomfortable. And he sat down with me and he wrote down everything. The only thing was um, he definitely did not look comfortable okay. listening to everything that was going on, which is right, understandable. Right. Yeah. But um, but he was really nice. And I really liked that he really listened. He didn't interrupt me. He just he let me cry when I needed to. He took down everything um, that he had to at the end. You know, he shook my hand and he gave me the case number and he said a detective is going to contact you in a few days and we'll continue with this investigation and that was it it was really simple and mm -hmm. easy but yet some people just make it difficult yeah and i think it was that first cop in the office that came out that really made it worse yeah because yeah. sometimes like all you need is just someone to listen to you you know yeah right exactly and it sucks that that first cop that you tried to talk to just wasn't getting it you know yeah definitely not uh, like yeah i think i think what needs to happen in in many cases when it comes to uh hearing somebody's story it's like <clears throat> i i remember listening the, um hearing this from from this teacher i had um and when i was in college and he's like the, the way you want to take it it's like okay um this is a very serious situation and so like i just want to hear your mm -hmm. your story your from start to finish you mm -hmm. know like and, and kind of like what that cop did especially mm -hmm. like sitting down with you and it's just really listen to that story, that person's yeah. perspective, and then I guess get the other perspective. Um, but more or less, it's a, it's just shameful that nobody wants to just sit down and listen. Nobody, it's like immediately like, well, what did you do to cause that? Yeah, or exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, and I think that's one thing that we, as human beings, you know, we have to understand that we should be able to listen to someone especially when they've gone through something very difficult like that um first thing is don't judge them don't yeah you know um assume that it was their fault or that they mm -hmm. provoked anyone it's definitely not anyone's fault but that perpetrator's fault that decided to you know cross that boundary and and um but that was that was uh that was definitely difficult. Um, but thankfully, everything that came afterwards was a lot more smoother. It was um, uh, the detective that got in touch with me. His name was Detective Owens. He was really professional, really nice with my family. He heard everybody's story, even my sisters. He spoke with my sisters. They didn't know about the abuse, but he uh -huh. wanted to make sure that all the events lined up. Um, he interviewed... Uh, my ex-boyfriend also who's actually still on the witness list and you know got everybody's perspective he had actually interviewed my dad um he interviewed my dad and then a couple of days later my dad fled oh dang yeah so the investigation kind of came to a halt after my dad fled uh -huh. um and so the investigation was paused for a while and my mom, she started doing some digging of her own. And so there's something called a U visa. And so I kind of want to let these people know that if you are illegally in this country, it does not matter mm -hmm. if you report abuse. It You are more than welcome to do so you should not feel like you sh you can't talk to the police because you're illegal there are things that actually help you if you report it so that was one of the things that helped me um i recently got my u visa after 
think we applied for it four or five years ago. And the process is really long, but it's definitely helped my family, especially my mom, mm-hmm. who can soon become a resident because of, of the U visa. But um so, so what exactly, just for people that, you know, are listening, what, what exactly is that? Like, what, what do you... So the U visa, it kind of protects you. Um, it, they give you a work permit mm-hmm. if you have been a victim of a crime. It is a kind of long process because first you have to, you know, give the police report. You have to get um, some kind of approval from the district attorney you uh, have to wait about three or four years before anything gets approved but you do they do really help you a lot in the end but it's definitely something that um they the only thing that they ask from you is that they that you are open to helping them in the investigation so if uh, they called me actually recently almost 10 years after i reported the abuse they're like um i got a call from the district attorney and he's like uh so we Actually, I can't say this because it might ruin something, but. He's like, um, we have a lead. So he's like, are you still willing to, after all these years, to help out? Uh It took me by surprise because it had been so many years. Right. And so I remember I all those feelings kept rushing back into me and i called my sisters and i was like hey um i don't know what i what i should do if they do get my dad do i do i help them or not and they're like i think you should do whatever you think is best so definitely having their support was um Mm -hmm. helpful with that and then i talked to my mom too she definitely cried because she had she was not ready for that you know right right um but the only thing they do ask is that you cooperate with anything that happens so i had no choice but to say yes so i was like yeah anything that happens anything that you guys need help with i'm open to help with so um but you know i guess that's the only downside to the u visa is that you just have to be open to reopen those wounds and to talk again about what happened and to maybe Mm -hmm. see that person face to face i don't know what really is going to happen but for now um you just have to be open to to being vulnerable again how many years has it been since you last saw your dad then Ooh, um the last time i saw him actually was when i was i want to say 19 um because of my mom and her foolishness but she so my dad before he fled he was obviously just living like any other person here in the u.s mm-hmm. he um he had gotten divorced recently and he was dating this lady okay and so i guess my mom still kind of feeling hurt um she seek them out and try to confront them oh god yeah so i remember she went to his job and i was in the car and i saw him walk out of his job and i i i remember in that moment feeling i didn't feel like like you hated him yeah i didn't feel that way i felt more like i missed him i missed having a father in my life obviously so i remember i saw him walking and he looks at me and he waves and I started bawling my eyes out. I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. 
and I just automatically felt bad and um, that was probably the last time I saw him was when I was about 19 and then before he fled he actually tried to say goodbye to my sisters um, and they were practicing marching for Pathfinders and so they were so busy practicing that I thought you were gonna sneeze. Oh no, almost. <laughs> um, so they were so busy practicing that the drill instructor was like, "No, you can't go anywhere. You have to stay in, in your squad formation." And then um, that was the last time they saw him. They saw him from far away, and then they haven't seen him since. But um, you know, he—I guess we don't really miss him anymore. To be honest, it's just something we've gotten used to being without yeah. Yeah. so as an advice for for women um when it comes to it uh reporting abuse like who, who do you who do you think you should talk to first like who did you talk to first um obviously your mom but um that didn't yield as, as good of a response I mean, there was a response um but like in, the, in many cases like that who do you think people should talk to I think it's definitely important to talk to someone you can trust if that is your mom or your dad if you know it's your mom in this case in your case then talk to someone that you can trust definitely go to a family member first if for any reason they can't help you then I would say go to you know maybe a counselor at school they will definitely do something like if you think that maybe this for example if it is a family member obviously like we said earlier it's going to be hard to report that abuse uh-huh. so if you go to someone that's not so close to the family i feel like they would do more um so it's definitely important to go to someone that you can trust that will do something right right do you think do you think women are more responsive or do you think men are just as equal you think you should really matter like you know what i think after seeing it firsthand i think they are just as responsive um because the day that my dad that my dad well that you know my mom was when my mom was in new mexico my uncle and my aunt picked us up it was almost the same response they really did mm-hmm. care and they would have done anything had my mom you know allowed it to happen right but um i think you know they just they can be the same as long as they respect you and they're like this is they mm-hmm. know that it's wrong i think they'll have the same response have you heard any cases of like men getting like sexually assaulted also i know it's more rare because men are usually the ones that do the sexual assaulting which you know kind of sucks yeah um but it i feel like men getting sexually assaulted isn't something we really hear about too much. You know, I, I came to find out years later that my dad had been sexually abused. Oh, had he? Yes. Oh. So I feel like sometimes when you're a child and you go through that trauma, it sticks with you. And if yeah. you don't get mm-hmm. help, if you don't, and I can't say this enough that if you don't get help, that wound will always be there. And you know, you guys knew my dad. My dad was such a Christian man, and for the longest time, he was very Christian. Probably, I want to say for almost 20 years, he battled, I think he battled this so hard. And I I didn't see the 
you know the signs until afterwards but i was like why is my dad so strict why is my dad such a like conservative person and i think it was the fact that he was just trying to control those demons and trying Uh to control that part of him but in the end i don't know if something triggered it or if something just maybe hit him hard and was just broke him um but you know i think I think he didn't he didn't really deal with it and I think that yeah. he didn't seek the help that he should have gotten and I think mm-hmm. it, as much as you tried to deal with your own demons eventually they're going to come back and and yeah maybe just because snap. it's hard and it's difficult and you know sometimes you hear that um some people that have been abused they become abusers so if mm-hmm. if you have been abused and you feel like that's something that you're scared of or something that you're dealing with you should definitely get help before it grows into something bigger and more dangerous yeah no definitely. i remember you talking earlier about how like sometimes it's like a cultural thing to like not say anything about mm-hmm. that and i feel like like in your dad's case that may have been something like really really like 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 strong like definitely like for him growing up yeah like like going back to you like how you weren't really raised in the way that that, you know you should talk about this stuff i felt like that was even more of a stronger part of your dad growing up exactly because your dad grew up maybe he had that happen to him several times Mm -hmm. and that's just something that was always hush hush all his life like all his life hush hush like don't ever tell anyone anything about this so you know that you know was probably just eating away at him like all these years all these years until it's hard to say what caused him to snap you know but exactly like like that's rough maybe if you would have you know like if you would have seeked help earlier maybe like things wouldn't have played out the way that they did yeah definitely i think i think he talked about it with my mom until after the what had happened so i think if he would have told her that a long time before i think my mom would have done more to help him get help and to protect us as well especially because we were a home full of girls so see i think when it comes to when men excuse me i'm a little sick guys um so when it comes to (coughs) men reporting and men dealing with abuse it's like it's so much more harder and so much more shameful and it's because men are perceived as like always having to be like rigid strong and like emotionless Mm -hmm. almost um and and my personal experience has been like i've never been abused but i've had to deal with certain issues with my family and the one time that I mentioned it to somebody, somebody that was really close to me, somebody that I thought would care, I did not get the reaction that I wanted. And it almost right. made me just never want to talk about it again. Exactly. And so, yeah, it, because it's like because you're perceived as having to act a certain way. It's like, oh, well, that's you're being a pussy. You're being. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. You know? yeah, exactly. Um, it's just like masochism, you know? Yeah, it's like this machismo, you know. No, that, that's mm-hmm. not masochism. But, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's it's definitely a sexist. Um. Uh, confuse yeah. my words. I was translating no. from, from Spanish to English. <laughs> <laughs> Happens sometimes. English is my second language. Forgive me. <laughs> now, do you, do you ever feel like if you hadn't spoken out, um, I'm I'm just curious what happens if you don't ever speak about it. Like, do you think it would have gotten any better? Because because you, you, there was that time where it's like you know he, the first time it happened and he left. Your mom kicked him out. And then it came back and it was like almost normal, but then it obviously happened again. Um, you think, my, I guess my question should be, if it hadn't happened again, and um, would, would it have been a little more 
normal would have gone back to? Could you have felt going back to normal? I think I... It's hard to say. Um, Man, you know... The person that sexually abused me when I was eight, I constantly see him. Yeah. And that is literally the first thing I the first thing I think about when I see him. So I feel like as hard as I would have tried with my dad to make things be normal, mm-hmm. I would have always been paranoid. Right. Paranoid, not just about him coming back to me, but that he was doing it to someone else. He's probably like... You told your mom, I'm going to go with the next girl who probably won't say anything. Right. So I was scared for my sisters that it was going to happen to them. And that was completely the worst thing that would have happened. The worst thing was that he would have gone to the next sister. And I would have hated myself for that if I didn't speak up again. Mm -hmm. Um, And like we saw with my mom, you know, had she spoken out before with my grandfather when she got raped, it would have not happened to me. And I came to find out not too long ago, he sexually abused so many other girls in our family. And someone finally reported it. And so he fled too. Mm. (laughs) He fled as well. And that's the thing. Like when you report someone, even if they threaten you, I can almost guarantee you that person, when they find out that you call the cops on them, they are not going to come back. They're going to flee. Because that's what people do when, when they do something bad and they get caught they out of nowhere become cowards and they run away yeah so don't be mm -hmm. scared to report abuse when it happens because i can almost guarantee you that they will run away they will run yeah that's that's definitely important you just gotta you just gotta say it even if like the world's against you just say it you gotta just because you really have to not just think about yourself but other people that can get hurt you definitely don't want that happening to your siblings or to your mm-hmm. little cousins or to anyone that you're surrounded with that are younger or older than you. So that's important. And so after after the many years, uh, obviously you've you've gotten a little closure, I would say. Um, how how do you feel exactly? How does that how's that affected you? Uh, well, I still have my bad days. Um, there are days when I can be. I can get into this depression and I can't explain why. Mm -hmm. I just get sad and I start thinking about what could have happened if. Um, After my dad left, we had to sell our home and um, it happened almost right before I graduated high school. So by the time I graduated, my dad was no longer home. So as soon as I finished school, I had to work to help pay bills. I had to, I had, I kind of became my mom's second, you know, like I took my dad's place. Right. Um, so I didn't get to go to college right away and I had to instead, I had, I, at one point I was working a full-time job and a part-time job. I was working, I would wake up and go to work at six o'clock in the morning and come back till 10 at, you know, at night. And I remember feeling so frustrated with God and I was just like, God, like, why does, why is this happening to me? Like mm-hmm. thing after bad thing after bad thing. And like, when am I going to catch a break? So I think it's, if I have bad days now, it's just thinking about my past, which I've gotten better with. Um, you know, thanks to my husband, he's definitely helped me a lot emotionally. Um, 
he's helped me grow so much and he's helped me release a lot of that like let it go um stop living in the past stop mm -hmm. going back because you can't change anything it's not gonna help you you know stressing out about it so i feel like i've had less and less bad days but um there are still some times when i just snap into this depression state and and it's hard to get out of it but it's definitely lessened with the years and and um you know having my family there for me especially my sisters they they've definitely helped me a lot too and i know that they go through some bad stuff even though they didn't go through it directly but they definitely still have some bad days as well and um but i think that you know it's it's going to continue affecting you mm -hmm. but it just will lessen and feel less and less like a burden yeah i think everybody will have a different reaction and i think you're, you're doing pretty well and, and i definitely want to be here for you as far as you know support um <clears throat> so you mentioned therapy earlier H have you gone back at all recently or do you think people should definitely seek therapy before or after any sort of situation like this yes i think it's important i do want to go back um especially before i feel like and I told Juan this, but like before I have children, I want to be able to be completely mentally stable emotionally course, as yeah. well. So I do want to go back and just make sure that I'm okay. And before I bring other people into this world and and I just want to know how to handle things. So um, and especially handle myself um, emotionally and stuff. I don't want them to see that side of me that I am, mm -hmm. you know, fragile or or weak or anything i definitely want to be strong for them and for myself for my husband as well so um but i think therapy is definitely important especially if you are f constantly in that depression and constantly feeling like you can't let go of it therapy is definitely important so if if you happen to come across someone who's going through something similar like what what kind of advice would would you give to that specific person may maybe it's not the same exact thing that happened to you but some form of like sexual abuse that you're aware of from this person communicating it to you like what would be your advice to them from your past experiences yeah every like, yeah every case is is different definitely yours might be harder and or maybe it might be something smaller that you think is not significant but it is so if you are going through something of sexual abuse or um if if you feel like something is coming like if you're feeling like it's unco getting uncomfortable with someone first you need to speak to either your parent or to someone that you trust um, let them know what's going on so that they know either before anything else further happens or if something's already happening then they need to take the next step and definitely report it um, I know that it's difficult and it definitely takes an emotional toll on you, but it is very important that you speak out. It And I can't say that enough and stress that enough because, like I said, if you, it takes one person to break that cycle. Mm -hmm. And if you don't speak up, it will happen to someone else and it will continue happening. And you might not hear about it until years later, but there are so many women out there that don't speak. Um, and it's sad because I feel like they feel like they won't be listened. They won't be respected. They People won't see them the same way anymore. Right. But it's important not just for 
other people not to get hurt but it's for your emotional state as well because you need to get past it so in order to get past it you need to talk about it and you need to definitely take the next step and take your time you don't have to do it today you don't have to do it tomorrow take your time do it when you can but if you feel like you need help getting there i would definitely uh you know advise you to take the you know take therapy and talk to somebody professional that definitely knows how to take care of the situation so don't be scared and just go for it because it, like i said it takes one person to break that cycle and you could be the one that could help save other people's lives um and i say save lives because i know when i was going through that with my dad there came a point when i when i did lock myself in the bathroom and i was like i'm going to kill myself today because i couldn't take it and i know that it's it's really difficult mm -hmm. and it's hard but it's just something that we have to learn to talk about and it's something that we definitely have to learn to respect um it's not okay to to blame people for that it's not okay to tell them that maybe they're lying it's it's but it is okay to support those people it is okay to help them have that voice and help them get through this and if you feel like you you know there there are hotlines for this that that also help if you are you feel like you're not mm -hmm. emotionally stable or mentally stable for anything then you definitely need to call that but just definitely get the courage to take the next step and report it because it's it's really important i feel like the the more people that start becoming more publicly open about this the more that kind of like start the chain reaction of people exactly. like coming out with you know like the stuff that's happening in their lives like the abuse everything so like what we're doing here you know like you coming out publicly to an audience about what happened to you like your story could probably reach someone else and exactly. that could inspire someone else to yes. come out and then that could inspire someone else to come out with you know whatever they're going through and um i believe this is you know you know this is a good thing i know it's hard to talk about but that's all the more reason why we should be talking about it you know so oh, yeah definitely i i really appreciate appreciate um you coming out with this because um i hadn't like i had known some stuff had happened to you i didn't really know like the like exactly the details of like what happened and i i never and heard it's crazy because you, you don't you don't you, you know somebody but you don't think that this could be going on yeah. and it's like you don't really know what's going on behind closed doors and <clears throat> um it, it's just unfortunate that sometimes i guess people just don't know how to talk about it either and they just don't like me me being somebody looking out from looking in it's like how do i get involved or how do i even approach approach because it's yeah. like i don't want to seem like maybe i'm being nosy or exactly. make it worse but it's like when I, when I i like like jose said yeah i did know something was going on too but i just didn't know how to talk about it yeah and, <clears throat> yeah like i didn't know how to like approach you about that without sounding like nosy it's like yeah. yo i heard something happened with you and your dad like what happened you know like i'm curious that's just like Mm, i don't know like right <laughs> and, and maybe in my mind it's kind of like the same thing too where it's like maybe that's something they don't want to talk about 
yeah you know? yeah, yeah that's just kind of like something that a lot of people just kind of like they hear about it but they're like mm, i don't know if like that person actually wants to talk about that you know? and a lot of people don't you'll be surprised with how many people they break down and they can't talk about it um i talked to someone not too long ago literally a few weeks ago that had never talked to anybody about them being raped by a boyfriend uh-huh. when they were younger and she started crying and i was just like she's like you guys are the you're the first person i tell that to and this woman is old you know she's older Uh and to never be able to come out with that it's just it it really affects you emotionally and mentally so i think it's i i don't know why for me it seems it does i don't want to say it seems easy to talk about it but I feel like I'm not uncomfortable saying it because I do want people to to know that there's other people like you going through the same thing. When um, I was going to therapy, I met up with this lady that had been sexually abused by her biological father as well. And she came and she met with me and my mom. And she seemed like such a happy person. And she felt just as comfortable talking about her story as I am now. And, I, and right. so I really admired her for that, for being able to speak out and and just help people get to that point where they're okay with talking about it and even if it's not easy you know it's it's just it's better when you Mm -hmm. finally let it out no definitely well this is a break i'm not sure what to talk about right now hold on (laughs) i'm writing the notes here but um Uh, Good thing over, writing that. Like, um, the, how you feel about Lady this year? Was that the same connected to how it disaffected your relationships? I don't know if you guys went over that. Oh, Is, um, was that like? Did you guys cover that with the mm, first question? Not that? really, but yeah, uh, no, no, that's an interesting question. Like, how how has um, this affected like all your following relationships? Like, um, so. So you guys remember the first guy I told you guys about that he's like, oh, you think your dad's trying to have you? So we broke up about halfway through what was going on with my dad. And then the other half, I was with someone else that was a little older. And he, um, I thank God so much for his family because his family were were the ones that kind of pushed me to get therapy. They were the ones helping me out and everything. and like I said, he was the one also on the witness list. And and, and so I felt like hmm, it's hard to say it, but I feel sometimes like I may have used him because I was in the hard point emotional emotionally that I depended on him so much to the point where when I felt like I was better, I kind of broke it off with him. So it affected me a lot that way in my relationship with him because I didn't want it to be that way. But I feel like he was there during my healing process. But then when I was done healing, I kind of just let him go. So that was one relationship that I hate thinking about because I feel like I really did use him just for my emotional gain. So I feel like that whole relationship was just from beginning to end it was just me being broken and it was really difficult especially me now looking back i was so young and and 
um and i feel bad you know just having to use him like that but i you know i thank god a lot for for bringing him in that moment though because he was even though you know it wasn't easy for me he did make it go a lot smoother but um after that you know with juan it's uh it's been a bumpy road and there are some things that that still trigger you know pa- the past mm-hmm. and stuff like that things that happen in in the relationship maybe and some people you know they can't be touched after they've been abused or raped i haven't been like that but there are things that sometimes trigger memories right um a little ptsd yeah but i think that you know healing from from that is really important either before entering a relationship um just you being okay is the most important thing is you being okay not just with what happened but with yourself and so i think before entering any kind of relationship you need to take care of yourself emotionally um because you don't want to be dependent on that person for you know for anything you want to mm-hmm. be independent right. um but other than that you know i think other my other relationships i thank god that mm, the one with my mother it's definitely brought us closer together as a family uh you know we're more loving we're more close we're more in we're better friends than we would have ever been had we maybe not gone through this right so um I know one way that it's definitely affected me the most is my relationship with God. Um, uh, it's some people they 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 ask God, you know, why things happen, and I I'm the kind of person that believes things happen for a reason, mm-hmm. and so I ask God like, what's the reason you let this happen, right? And so for a long time, I asked him. I kept asking God, like, what's the reason behind this? But I feel like sometimes we we don't need to question God why things happen because it's not like he let it happen. It's just that's life. And right. um, it's definitely made me stronger in my relationship with God. I've I've learned to trust him and I've learned to um, definitely stick with him, especially in the hard times. So it's it's affected my relationship so much with with God and it's definitely most of the relationships that I have now that those instances, those occurrences have helped me for the better now. Yeah. I, um, I like to look at the silver lining of things and mm-hmm. I like to try to be as positive as possible. And in, in life, like you may have bad experiences. And I think from this bad experience, what you got was, was the U visa. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you got some stability in this country. Mm-hmm. And like you said, your relationship with your mom, and then not to mention you have this 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 the story I would like to say and you have this um experience to tell other people now and and to you know m- prevent that from happening if if possible um and so with that really thank you so much for <clears throat> for telling us your story and for having the courage to really um talk about this yeah thanks for having me for wanting to listen i yeah, appreciate of course. it <laughs> you know, th- thank you so much for this cuz to be honest I've been kind of curious about your story and I'm glad we're doing an episode on this because you know you got to tell your story we get to get it out to people um hopefully people can listen and you know like 
feel good about mm -hmm. maybe coming out with this kind of stuff and mm -hmm, um exactly. earlier you mentioned you know there's um people you can call like professionally um there's a, a hotline to report sexual abuse so if you're out there listening and are thinking about reporting this thing that may have happened to you um maybe we can help you out and you know take a take a step in the right direction and um you know give you a number to call uh which is uh 800-656-HOPE so that is 800-656-HOPE which is 4673 this is a hotline to report sexual abuse if you're out there and you need some help you want to take a first step in reporting your abuse make sure you give that hotline a call we're also going to post that in the description uh, just in case you guys need um, some clarification but with that being said um once again haiti thank you so much thank and you. i hope to, I think, you know you're actually our first our first female guest i think like officially so <laughs> yeah, thank officially, you for that yeah. and uh, i want to have more um, i don't want to you know be an only male well, audience or anything <laughs> like that we are not sexist <laughs> <laughs> i'm dying guys so with that being said um we are out as always i'm daniel and thank and you for listening i am jose and daniel is going into quarantine <laughs> <laughs> you see why i know right put that there no i'm just kidding oh,